Welcome to the Click Podcast. I'm Danny Watson, a mindset and manifestation expert and founder of The Click, a company that helps women overcome their fears and limiting beliefs to create a life and business that they love. Within this podcast, I will help you get clear on what you want, identify the blocks that are holding you back, transform your mindset and raise your vibration so that you can co-create magic with the universe. If you are looking to design a life that truly sets your soul on fire and manifest more success and abundance, then you are in the right place. Hello ladies and welcome to a brand new episode and happy Christmas. (laughs) So for most of you who are listening to this on the day that it is released, it will be December the 25th, which is where, in the UK at least, we celebrate Christmas. I know different countries celebrate sometimes on the 24th or on a different day. Um, Where we live here in the south of Spain, um, we are, there's a lot of Swedish actually that live here. 50% or more, perhaps, of my daughter's class at school is actually Swedish. um, And they celebrate on the 24th. But um, yeah, wherever you are in the world, if you are celebrating the holidays at the moment, I wish you and your loved ones a very merry, festive season. Now, this episode is on a topic that's perhaps one of my most requested topics. And in all honesty, I don't really speak about this topic that much, um, given how much, how many requests I get for content on this topic. And it's mainly because I don't think it's necessarily the be all and end all. Now, (laughs) what I'm referring to, the topic I'm referring to is the conversation about money. And what I mean by that is that money is obviously important, but I think the having of money and the creation of wealth, the creation of abundance is often a byproduct of what I believe to be the most important things. So for me, the most important things will always come back to your mindset, how you feel about yourself, how you're showing up for yourself on a daily basis, your sense of worth, the amount of self-love that you have, the confidence that you have, because I really believe you could have all of the money in the world and still be miserable. And I think ultimately, when it gets to the end of our lives and we are you know, on our deathbeds and we're looking back at the life that we've had, I think it's how we feel in ourselves that is going to you know, be the, the biggest indicator of how blessed our lives have been. Um, and I know that there's been times in my life when I've had very little in terms of financial wealth and I've actually felt amazing. And then there's been moments since my business has grown significantly where I've had real dips in how I felt, my anxiety levels, my, you know, not feeling my best self. And so I don't necessarily believe that money is always going to make us happier. However, it can be a great tool for us creating the life that we want. And I know many of you listening to this will be looking to generate more of an income, more money, more abundance into your life. So what I wanted to share with you is some of what I believe are some of the key money mindset hacks that will help you create a more abundant year in the year ahead. Now, first things first, let's talk about 
when it comes to getting clarity on our money goals. Because one thing we need to remember when it comes to manifesting more, creating more, attracting more, is that we need to know exactly what more looks like. So rather than this general feeling of, I want to have more money, I want to manifest a bigger income, I want to you know, generate more wealth, we need to get specific on what that looks like. Specificity, should I say, in terms of a financial goal, but more importantly, what that financial goal will actually mean for you. So there needs to be some sort of emotional investment in the amount that you're actually stating that you want. It can't just be a pluck figure that you randomly pluck from thin air because that doesn't necessarily mean anything. So let me give you an example from this. Let's say in the year ahead, let's say I wanted to create a hundred million. Um, you know, let's go even bigger. <laughs> let's say in the next year, I wanted to create 1 billion within, you know, within my life, generate 1 billion um, in terms of that amount of money coming into my life. Now, I could very easily say that. I'm like, yep, next year I want to become a, a billionaire. But at this point in my life, I am not necessarily emotionally invested in that figure. And what I mean by that is that for me, it would, wouldn't necessarily be a big deal if I didn't hit that amount. You know, there's not some really compelling reason in my life that I need a billion pounds in my life right now. In terms of the sphere of, you know, what I want to create for myself, what I want more of, it definitely doesn't require at this point, it does not require me to have a billion pounds. You know, I could very much fulfill all of my desires and dreams in the next year with a lot less. So I am not emotionally invested in that amount. It's like I could pluck that from thin air and state to the universe, this is what I want to create, but there would be no emotional attachment to that. Whereas let's take, for example, let's take um, one of my last kind of biggest significant manifestations was the home that I live here in now here in the south of Spain. Um, For those of you who have not yet seen, um, I actually did a house tour of my house um, on my YouTube channel. So I will link that in the show notes. Um, And this home was something that, for me, again, it was a big, significant financial investment. And I manifested the majority of that money. It pretty much was all manifested to purchase this home within the space of a year. Okay? Now, that was me calling in a certain financial figure, a pretty significant financial figure, but there was a very strong, compelling reason why I wanted that specific amount. And it was pretty much that I hit that amount, like exactly what I needed to be able to purchase the kind of home that I wanted within the space of a year. So there was that strong, compelling desire. There was that that strong, emotional attachment because I knew exactly what that money was going to be used for. So it's not just about thinking about a certain amount that you want to manifest. It's knowing exactly what that would mean to you. How is that money going to be distributed in your life? Is there a specific reason why you're calling in that exact amount of money? And the more compelling reason you can find as to why that specific amount means so much to you, the easier it is to then become so emotionally invested in that amount. And that that is a type of energy that you're then emitting, that emotional connection to the amount that you want. You know, you're signaling to the universe, like, 
This is something that I truly desire and I'm feeling that desire on an emotional level rather than it just be something that's up in your brain and not necessarily impacting your energy, your vibration. So I would actually start, rather than thinking about a financial goal, start about thinking, what do I want to call into my life in the next um, you know, 12 months that are going to require a financial investment? So maybe it's something you want to invest into your business. Um, maybe it's something you want to purchase. Maybe it's a trip you want to go on to, um, you know, whatever it is, think about what are those things and what do I believe they're going to cost me financially? You know, what kind of money do I need to be manifesting in order for me to have these things, okay? Now, when it comes to the having of certain things, the things that we want that we feel like they're going to make us feel good, I desire this, sometimes these can be laced with the energy of guilt or shame, which are the lowest frequency energies that you can possibly emit. You know, these frequencies of guilt, fear, shame, This feeling like I would love to generate more for my life, but there's a lot of people who have a lot less. I already have, let's say, for example, maybe you already have quite a comfortable life. Maybe you already have lots of things to be grateful for, and therefore it feels wrong to be wanting more. You should just be happy for what you have. Maybe it's something that's been programmed into you for from you know a young age, from your conditioning, from your parents, from society, that you know you should just be happy with what you have. You know, wanting more is a greedy thing, it's a shameful thing. When I dug into the um the the feelings of guilt and shame when it came to my own money story, something that was quite revelatory for me was this whole when I kind of look back at my childhood. We didn't have like an extravagant childhood, you know, we were very much sort of, my mother worked, my father worked, um, you know, they worked very hard. Then my mother um, stopped working to look after us, but my father worked very, very hard. Um, you know, he's very much from a working class background and, you know, he built his business up um, within engineering and refrigeration, but, you know, he was working away a lot. Um, you know, he was working very hard and we had a comfortable life, but it certainly wasn't a wealthy life. You know, we very much had to be careful in terms of what we spent money on. There was times when we couldn't afford to do things. Um, you know, it was not certainly not a wealthy, extravagant life where money was no object. And one of the things that I realized I had a lot of guilt and shame around was this feeling of wanting more because it made me feel as if by saying that I wanted more for myself financially, it was subliminally sending this message to my parents that what they gave me was not enough. Now, a big part of my financial journey is thinking, I want to be able to provide for my children this incredible lifestyle and you know, give them all of these amazing experiences and opportunities. And a part of me felt guilty for kind of having that desire because it almost felt like I was saying what my parents provided me was not enough. So that left me feeling very, very sad, very guilty, very shameful, because I knew that they did the best with what they had and they provided me and my sisters with this amazing childhood where, yes, maybe we didn't always have you know the most expensive things or sometimes we couldn't afford to do things, but it was a very fulfilling, warm, loving childhood. So it made me feel guilty and shameful for really kind of acknowledging that I wanted more. So I had to really work with those feelings of guilt and shame. And something that I really sort of supported me with this was thinking about, you know, how actually, like, with each generation, we want the next generation 
to do better than the one previously. So it's, you know, for me, I was the first person in my family, for example, to go to university. And that's something that my mum's very, very proud of. You know, so it's almost like through their upbringing and through the childhood that they were able to provide to me, they were wanting me and my sisters to do better than what, you know, my mum and my dad had done. And, you know, the same for me, like I want my children to go on and create an even better future than the one I've been able to generate. So it's this idea that, you know, through what we are able to create and earn and achieve, we are then able to create that ripple effect with future generations where, you know, things are supposed to get better and better and better. And that's a good thing for us to be striving for more, for us to be wanting better, wanting more. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Then also when it comes to that guilt and shame, it's always thinking about how will this help me give back in a bigger way and not necessarily directly giving back. So I have a quota of my income, which I will always dedicate to giving away to charities or causes that really need it. So my sort of general rule is 10% of my income will go back to, you know, causes, whether that's charitable things, whether that's, you know, specific projects that I'm involved in. So there's that side of of giving back, but it's also sort of the the bigger ripple effect of how does me showing up in the way for my dreams give back to the wider community. So I want to be that inspiration of what is possible for other people. And I think for me, really committing to my vision for my dreams and what I want and what I want financially, it's giving other people to raise the bar in terms of their own standards as well and make them realize what's possible for them. Generating more wealth can also impact, you know, the people that I'm hiring within my business. You know, that's changing the lives of others as well. It's a way for me to be able to give back with the money that I'm making. The work that I do through my coaching, you know, my business is training coaches. So by me having these big income goals for myself and for my my business, I'm able to pour more money into making my programs better training more coaches, you know, to facilitate the work that we do. So rather than just thinking about your financial goals and the direct impact it's going to have you or on your immediate family, start to think about the bigger picture. How does you creating the life that you want and having all of these things that you want, um, you know, through the money that you make, how will that create a positive impact on those that you then come into contact with? Now, obviously, when we're thinking about manifesting and the mindset of money and wealth, a big part of this is going to be an internal job. And I truly believe that 80 to 90% of the money that we create is a direct reflection of what's going on internally. The practical side, the action, it's important, but it probably accounts for the smallest part of the puzzle. So I'd say sort of 10 to 20% is what you're doing. But let's just break that down into numbers. Let's say you were manifesting £100,000 for your business. 10 to 20% is 10 to 20,000 pounds. That's still a significant chunk of the money when you think about it in sort of financial terms. So that 10 to 20%, the action is important. Seeing as though it's Christmas Day, let's break this into a little Christmas analogy. I would probably think of your mindset, what's going on internally. That's your Christmas tree. That's your tree with all of the baubles, the star on the top, you know, the full shebang. And then your action, you want to think of that as your lights. So we can have all of those amazing foundations of a tree, you know, the beautiful tree, 
um, pine needles like spiked out so it's looking super fluffy all of the gorgeous baubles decorating and adorning that tree it's not quite complete because we need the lights the tree looks amazing on its own and actually can have some real impact just by being a tree without the lights but if we turn on those lights it's really going to amp up that tree and take it to that next level and so we want to think of your action steps that you take the practical steps as being the lights on your tree the lights have the ability to amplify and glow up a really powerful, beautiful, strong foundation of a tree, okay? So when it comes to the practical steps then, you don't want to miss that part out. Just as you wouldn't, you know, not put lights on your tree, you want to make sure that you are, you know, taking those action steps, thinking about a practical solution for bringing that money in, attracting that money in. So when it comes to manifesting more, you want to kind of use your logical brain to think about, well, where is that more going to come from? What can I do? How can I start showing up to call more money into my life? So maybe it's, let's say you're working in a job, maybe it's starting a business alongside, which is going to generate an extra income for you. If you're already in a business, maybe it's thinking, well, what steps could I take that will contribute to creating more money? So maybe it's, you know, reaching out to people that you know have expressed an interest in your product or service. So it's getting practical with, okay, what are these steps here? If I want to have the action that I take to have a direct effect on the money that I bring in, if I kind of was to brainstorm right now, what are the things that I could do to generate more money into my life? So it's having sort of that practical, logical mind, but then it's also understanding that money can defy all logic, okay? So yes, we can be practical. We can have that logical mind and say, these are the things that I can do, but we have to trust and really kind of believe that money can and will defy all logic. So a really amazing example of this is the year, my sort of my quantum leap period where I was really looking to manifest the money to purchase this home where it felt like the money that I generated within that year really did defy all logic because there was no significant changes to the action that I was taking. In fact, I was actually doing a lot less than what I'd done previously. Um, There was no new radical changes to my marketing. I hadn't implemented this new fancy marketing strategy. I was doing a lot of the same things that I had always done. Even things like stats, statistics. So we are a very data-driven company. So I'm very much about balancing the woo with the work. So what I mean by that is having strategy, having a plan, looking at the numbers, you know, being very analytical with how we approach things. And I have a team that kind of supports me in doing all of that side of the things. And I really double down on the energy and kind of working on my beliefs, my thoughts, and making sure that my energy aligns with what I want. So Um, Yeah, it's a real kind of blend of the two. And so we're always looking at stats and letting really the data do the talking. And things, one of the the kind of key kind of performance indicators that we have within the company is email open rates. And what was really interesting when we kind of look back at the data of, you know, the years where we've really seen a significant increase, like quantum leaping in terms of financials, there's been no change drastically in terms of email open rates. In fact, the there was a month a couple of years ago which 
I still look at it now and I'm like, this just defies all logic where there was nothing significant going on within the marketing. There was no significant changes in terms of what we were selling or how we were selling it. Yet there was a significant leap in terms of sales. And what was really interesting was that our email open rates for that month were the lowest they had ever been. And I can very much tie that to my energy. I can very much tie that to who I was being versus what I was doing. So this is where we need to remember that the biggest piece of the puzzle is always going to come back to what's going on internally. You can be doing all of the practical steps. You can be taking the action. You can have the strategy. Yet your energy is going to be the thing that's going to create most of your results, your energy and your beliefs. And this was a point when I sort of look back and like, what was it that kind of created that such a huge shift? And it was because I had this very, very kind of big emotional goal that I was working towards. You know, it was purchasing this home. I was emotionally invested in that. And I was very, very, very much connected to that vision. You know, I was seeing myself daily within that new home. I was seeing myself living this life out here in Spain. I was feeling the warm sunshine on my face. You know, I was feeling myself going for walks along the beach. There was so much emotion invested in that. And, you know, that energy, that was the thing that was really speaking volumes. Um, and that was the really the thing for me when I look back, had the biggest contributing factor to my financial success. So the next thing I think this is also really important is to normalize the having of money and being around people who are financially at a place that you want to be at as well. Now, something that's really interesting about human nature is that we, we have this hard wiring to want to conform to those people who are around us. We don't like to be seen as different. We don't like to be seen as, you know, stepping beyond the box in which we've been raised. Okay. And there's so many like analogies that talk about this. So, you know, it's like the, a goldfish will only grow so big as the bowl in which it's allowed to swim. Um, you know, and I, I see this actually happening in my, my garden. We had a, a little fruit tree that was in a pot and I was like, hmm, this fruit tree is really sweet <laughs> in this pot that's on our terrace. Um, it's an, an orange or orange or mandarins. I'm not sure what it is. I was like, mm, it's quite small and I'd like for there to be more fruit here. Um, you know, it's only producing like three oranges, which in my house, that's not going to last two minutes. So we then took it out of the pot and we dug it into the garden. So it's now rooted down into the garden and it has just gone wild in terms of its growth. So it's just this reminder that we're only going to grow so far as our environment will allow for, okay? So if you are surrounded by people who are financially at kind of around the same sort of benchmark that you're currently at, your financial growth is going to plateau. And again, it's because subconsciously we will keep gravitating back to what is familiar. We don't want to be seen as being too different, being too much, you know, trying to strive for too much. We want to conform. And this goes back to, you know, when we were living in tribes, when our community was super important and we had to conform to the norms of the tribe, because if we didn't, we would be expelled from our tribes. It could even mean death. So there's this real fear of being seen as different. 
And it's why so many people just kind of stay in the same patterns of behavior because they're staying around the same sort of people, which keeps their life perpetuating more of the same. Okay, so when it comes to your finances, look around you and look who's in your circle and look to see, like, is other people around you that are really surpassing your financial benchmarks right now? Or are you surrounded with people that are basically at the same level or perhaps even less? Now, obviously, one thing to do is to start putting yourself in circles where you are surrounded by more inspiring people. But I recognize that that's not always a practical solution for everybody. You know, it might not necessarily be that you have the time to go to, you know, networking events or, you know, you're not necessarily in a program where there's lots of successful women. You know, programs, you know, whether it's a coaching program or events or retreats, you know, these can be a great way to put you in direct contact and the most powerful way to kind of allow the energy of other people's financial success impact your own vibrational frequency. Yet if that isn't a practical solution for you right now, there are other things that you could do to kind of, essentially what we're wanting to do here is really normalize the feeling of having success, okay? So our subconscious doesn't reject it. Remember, our subconscious mind always wants to bring us back to what is familiar and what feels safe. So you, if you have been stuck at sort of an income plateau for a number of years, you know, subconsciously, you will want to keep perpetuating that same pattern or only ever kind of grow very, very slowly or incrementally because it feels safer to do that, okay? Your subconscious mind wants you to stick with what feels familiar. So when it comes to you know, who is around you, if you don't have practical ways to put yourself in the same room as really successful, financially wealthy people, how can we start to normalize success? We can do this by exposing yourself to people who are financially where you want to be more frequently. And the good thing about the internet, we can kind of use this as a blessing or a curse, right? When it comes to, let's say, Instagram, I hear from people so often saying, oh, you know, I'm looking on Instagram and looking at other people's lives. It's making me feel bad. It's making me feel about bad about what I don't have and me not having enough and kind of not feeling good enough. And I say, look, it can make you feel that way or you can use the content other people are consuming or creating rather to your advantage. Allow it to inspire you. Allow it to excite you. Allow it to see what is possible for you. It's that kind of Roger Ballantyne theory, okay? So the guy that ran the one minute mile, the first person to run the one minute mile, it had never been done before. And yet he was able to do it. And then very, very quickly, other people started to follow suit because he was an example of what was possible. He was evidence to support the fact that this could be achieved. So rather than looking at other people's success and looking at it from that place of lack, Allow yourself to be inspired and use it as evidence of what is possible for you as well, okay? Even if you don't necessarily believe it yet, okay? That's important to realize. You don't need to fully 100% believe that what other people have is possible for you, for you to start feeling excited by it, okay? This is something you can start to play around with, have a little bit of fun with. So if you get a pang of jealousy towards something, that's normally a pretty good, strong indicator that there's a part of you that wants what somebody else has. So don't avoid your triggers by just cutting those people off online. You know, actually lean into your triggers because these are really good indicators of what you are being called to step up to. 
So what I mean by that is that those triggers of perhaps not feeling good enough, not feeling, you know, feeling resentment, feeling jealousy, feeling like, oh, like everybody else has all of these amazing things and I don't. What are your triggers trying to tell you? Normally, they are calling you to lean into what those other people have. Okay, so let's say, for example, you see somebody and they've posted a video and I don't know, they're in the Maldives living their best life and they're doing all of these amazing activities and you're like, oh, wow, that that looks incredible or, you know, I'm so jealous maybe that they're getting to experience that and, you know, I've never been further than Wales. Whatever it is that's coming up for you, start to really kind of pay attention to what that internal narrative is because the fact that you are responding at all means that there's something in it you know if you were just passed by that post if you scrolled by and you didn't give it a second thought maybe right now that's something that's not really being pulled you're not really being pulled to but if there's some kind of emotional response there lean into it because often that's a very good clue whether that's a good emotional response or a bad emotional response it's normally quite a good clue that something there within you is is being pulled to that specific thing and now start to see yourself in possession of that thing okay start to internalize you within maybe you're on that trip maybe you're in that home maybe you're driving that car maybe you are running that business start to internalize the possession of that thing so what you're doing here is you're starting to you know normalize that feeling of having the the, the physical thing and therefore having the money as well. The more we can start to expose ourselves to people that have the financial um, capacity that we want to have, the more the the subconscious mind starts to accept it as your new normal. Okay, so even if you've never made more than, let's say, 20,000 in a year, if you are constantly exposing yourself to people that are earning six figures, your subconscious mind starts to realize that, okay, this is something that's normal. This is something that's more familiar and it will therefore start to accept it more. And we need our subconscious mind to be on board with the money that we want to make. It's no point, there's no point in having this strong desire to make a certain amount of money if subconsciously we're saying that feels too scary, that feels, you know, so out of my reach, that feels so abnormal, nobody's making that kind of money, nobody within my circle's making that kind of money, I don't have any evidence to support the fact that people are earning this kind of money, I'm very rarely exposed to it. When we kind of have that narrative going on, what we're going to do is we're going to find ourselves in patterns of self-sabotage that will prevent us from ever earning that kind of money. Because again, the subconscious wants to keep bringing us back to what feels safe and normal. So just by exposing yourself more frequently to the kinds of people, whether it's, you know, there's so many places, opportunities to do this. Maybe it's just on Instagram, have, you know, a few accounts that you follow that are depicting a lifestyle that you want to create. Maybe it's content creators on YouTube. You know, I'm constantly being inspired by other people who are doing amazing things, who are living really incredible lives to to help me kind of keep connected to what I want for my future. And then again, when you are looking at these examples of, you know, the life that you want, 
internalize that. See yourself in the picture. See yourself, you know, in the home, in the car, on the holiday. Feel into that experience as much as you can so that internally it starts to become your new normal. Now, as a reminder for those of you who aren't aware, I have relaunched recently my YouTube channel. So I'm going to be creating more content on there, including sort of more of the behind the scenes lifestyle stuff as well. Um, Up until this point, I haven't really shared a huge amount um, in terms of my life behind the scenes, building a business and more specifically, moving me and my family to the south of Spain, where we now live in this beautiful home that we purchased. Um, And so I want to just bring people on that journey a little bit more as well. So yes, you can find me on YouTube, Danny Watson. Um, Yeah, come and say hello there. And I, again, I love receiving your requests for podcast suggestions. Um, You can also find me on Instagram at Danny underscore Watson underscore coaching. Come and say hello there as well. Um, Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of the festive period. Enjoy your Christmas day, ladies. And I will catch you again very soon to build your own successful online coaching business, make sure to check out Freedom, Abundance and Impact, our free 10-day business and mindset course for coaches and aspiring coaches. To access, simply head to wearetheclick.com and click free course in the menu.